Those are the fastest announcements ever. <laughs> oh, so it's so good to be together. I get the opportunity today to share with and about my very best friend, the Holy Spirit. So let's welcome him. Father, we're so grateful for the gift. Holy Spirit, you fill our hearts, you fill our lives, you teach us, you lead us. Most of all, you make Jesus bigger, better, and more beautiful than we ever imagined. So come today, we welcome you into this service on this beautiful day where we have enjoyed the, just the incredible artistic work of you as creator with the autumn leaves, the harvest fields. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Now come and teach us. We need you, open hearts. Our minds get confused. We need you to bring us truth. We wanna leave here loving you more and loving others more than we do right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So come on in, find a seat. Uh, let me start with a question. Have you ever received a gift you did not ask for, you did not want, you definitely didn't think you would enjoy or understand how to use? Okay, well, let me tell you the story of my 40-something birthday when my husband, Happy, purchased a gift for me, and he was super excited. He wrapped it, and he's a really good rapper, by the way. It was beautiful. And I'm like, yes, he got the hint. You see, we ladies do this occasionally. Like, honey, look at these gorgeous leather boots here in this catalog. Now, I'd never buy them, but oh, they're too expensive. But aren't they amazing? Hint, hint. Okay, so this box is beautifully wrapped. It is the exact size of a boot box. He got the hint. I can't wait. All right. Birthday comes. I'm ready to rip off the paper. I'm there with our, our children. And I rip off the paper. And I'm like, oh, it might have been the right size box. But the picture on the box is none other than an electric meat slicer. <laughs> I mean, think Meyer schnooks. No. Okay, so, um, I mean, my heart fell, my face fell. I mean, I did manage to say, oh, just what we needed. <laughs> Not one. Okay, but here's the caveat. You know, I ended up actually loving that gift. <laughs> Didn't know I needed it, but I ended up loving it, using it. We had a big family. It came in really handy. Yes, and I very, was very, very grateful. And I didn't think I wanted it or needed it. Well, on a more serious note, there is a gift, there is a gift from God that at one time I did not want, did not think I needed, that I was skeptical about, somewhat scared, definitely didn't know how to use. And yet that gift ended up radically changing my life over 45 years ago and is continuing to change my life. What is that gift? It's what I'm going to be sharing on today, and it is the gift of praying in the Spirit, or, as the Scripture says, praying in tongues, praying in a language I don't know, but guess who does know? God knows, totally understands, and is praying in harmony 100% with his will. Now, it's a very controversial gift. So hang tight, okay? Open your heart, open your minds, because 
This gift of praying in the Spirit is a precious gift. It's a powerful gift. It can change your life. It can change the lives of those that you pray for. And I want us to take a fresh look today. Now, I've called this message Holy Spirit Comforter. And you might be thinking, what? What? Okay. Well, that comes because in the text we've been using pretty much throughout this whole series on the Holy Spirit, John 14, where Jesus is teaching on the Holy Spirit before he dies, he tells his disciples, this is John 14, 16, I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate. Okay, focus in on that word advocate and I'll come back in a moment. Who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. Now that word advocate, there's often a footnote there. And when you go down and you read the footnote, it gives an explanation that that is a Greek word paraclete. And it can be translated in several different ways. It can be translated comforter, helper, we've, we've addressed that, encourager, counselor, advocate. And I really want to key on this term, his title as advocate, because the definition is one who aids, someone you call for aid, one who pleads another's cause and intercessor. Like, think an attorney. He's advocating for you. He's making petition for you. He's pleading for you. Now, you're joining him in that, but it's in a language you don't know. You're trusting the Holy Spirit is praying exactly what you need or your loved one needs or whatever the situation is. So I prefer Holy Spirit advocate or intercessor. Now, I'm not denigrating the word comforter. Because a huge part of the advocacy that he does on our behalf is for our comfort. You know, we're often in seasons of discomfort or grief or sorrow or confusion. And he pleads on our behalf that that can be resolved, that we can be strengthened and we can have peace. I need comfort for sure. But, you know, I think sometimes when you use the term comforter, it can connote well, the Holy Spirit's like this big teddy bear, you know, like he just comforts me, pats my back. He does do that, but he does a whole lot more because <laughs> there's a whole lot more going on. There's a cosmic war happening. I don't know how to pray. He does know how to pray. And so we can call him comforter, intercessor, advocate, all of the above, one who prays and pleads on behalf of another. And we get to join him in that intercession. That's the wonderful part. I know I need an intercessor. I, I need an expert because I often don't know how to pray. Now, this is a controversial gift. I'll address some of that. But I want to point you to a text where the Apostle Paul, he talks pretty much nonstop in 1 Corinthians 14 uh, about this gift. But in 1 Corinthians 14, 5, he says this. I wish you could all speak or pray in tongues. He goes on in verse 18. He said, I thank God I speak or pray in tongues more than any of you. So that gets my attention. Someone as astute, as powerful as the Apostle Paul said, I wish you all had this gift. I, I wish you all, I wish you all did it as much as I did, because I do it more than any of you. It is a gift. 
You know, as with any gift, it can be refused. Or as with any gift, you can receive it and never use it, which I've seen that through the years. It is a gift. Now, it's not just for the super spiritual. You know, it's definitely not what makes you a Christian. You definitely don't have to pray in the spirit or pray in tongues to be part of the vineyard. None of that. But it is a powerful gift. It's a precious gift. It's offered to everybody. It's one the Father wants to give us. And it's one I've proven over and over and over in its value. So I'm well aware, though, this is a very controversial gift. All throughout church history, it's split churches, it's split families, it's confusing, it's hard to understand. I personally was raised in a cessationist faith. That means in a faith where the gifts of the Holy Spirit had ceased, so there was no speaking in tongues or any other gifts of the Holy Spirit. But it was during a time of desperation and hunger, Happy and I attended a meeting where we learned all about the person of the Holy Spirit. Now, we've been believers for five years. We had the Holy Spirit. As all of you who are believers, you have the Holy Spirit. But we'd never experienced that baptism in the Holy Spirit where we were just immersed into him and received his gifts. And so, interestingly, I said to Hap, I'm, I, want, I want that experience. But, you know, we were raised to believe that gift is of the devil. And whatever you do, don't you ever speak in tongues. I can still hear my mother's voice. <laughs> So when I came home that night and I decided, okay, I want Holy Spirit for you to baptize me, to fill me, but I, I, don't, I don't want the gift of tongues. Just give me the experience of filling me. <laughs> I know, why do we try to tell God what to do? Anyway, so I prayed and I could feel, you know, Jesus said, out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. This he spoke of the Spirit. And I could feel a bubbling sensation filling me, coming forth. And I opened my mouth just to say, thank you, Jesus. But instead, out came a language I didn't know. And that was over 45 years ago, and I want you to know, I love the incredible privilege of praying in the Spirit, with the Spirit. Now, you can pray in the Spirit without speaking in another language, okay? So that, that's Definitely a possibility. I love to pray both ways, both understanding and without understanding, over and over and over again. It's so, so precious. Now, throughout the years, I've seen categories of responses to this gift, and I can put them into like three main categories. People are often confused, or they've been abused by this gift, or they're just amused, okay? So what do I mean confused? Well, it is kind of confusing because the gift of tongues can be exercised publicly where you need an interpretation or privately where it's just between you and God. So, you know, that, that can be confusing. Or people say, well, is it a known language or unknown language? And again, both. On the day of Pentecost, they, they spoke in a language that the speakers didn't know, but the listeners totally understood depending on what country they were from. So, Yes, it can be confusing. I agree. Okay, how about people who have been abused? People have been terrorized by crazy charismatics, you know, who grab their tongue or tell them, say, should about a Honda, should about a Honda, or, you know, make crazy noises. Yeah, you should buy a Honda, but don't do that, you know. 
I drive one. <laughs> no. I, and, and sometimes people have said, well, you're not even a Christian if you don't have this gift. Well, no, that's abuse, folks, and I'm sorry. And then there's just people who are amused, and I get that. It does sound foolish. You, your mind can't understand it. It can sound like gibberish. I, I get that, and it's very easy to get cynical about it. Okay, I want you to know this is a safe place here, okay? We're talking about it. We can ask questions. We, we can pray for one another. You know, no one's going to abuse you. Hopefully, some of the confusion will be dispelled today, but I'm just going to focus on the private gift of praying in the Spirit. And so we won't be discussing the other manifestations of that Spirit, of the Spirit, although that's speaking in tongues, although they're very legitimate, and the Scripture has a lot to say about that. Okay, now, I'm going to address three questions. Why is this gift so controversial? Number two, what does the Scripture actually say? Which I think it's interesting. The Scripture has quite a bit to say about it. Uh, you know, Jesus said, it's one of the signs that's going to follow his believers. He told them in Mark 6, you're going to lay hands on the sick, you're going to cast out demons, and you're going to speak in new tongues, which is interesting. All right, so what does the scripture say? Well, won't have time to cover all the scripture by any means. But then lastly, how can I actually receive this and engage in it with the Holy Spirit? All right, why so controversial? Well, aside from the fact of the obvious, it just seems foolish. I mean, we live in a very rational culture. We want to know. We want to have control. We want to figure it out. And it just, yeah, people are like, no, no thanks. You know, I don't want to be out of control, which you won't be. But I'm just saying that's, it's very controversial because it's not easy to understand. But there is a much deeper, much deeper reason why it's so controversial. And that's none other than the fact that we have an enemy you know him. You know his name is Satan. You know he's a deceiver. You know he's a liar. You know that the finished work of Jesus defeated him, but he's not departed, which means he goes about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. And I want you to know, you know, the war is real. You know the war is real. You, you can feel it. You know, you, you're pressed down. You know, you're depressed. You know, there's a war going on, whether it's in you personally, in your family, in the culture, there's a real war. And I, for one, I often don't know how to pray. Well, Paul describes this war for us in Ephesians 6, which is a whole text about the battle that's going on. I'll read Ephesians 6, 12. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. That sounds scary, but I want you to know it's real. This is real. There is a cosmic war happening all around us. What do we do about it? Well, Paul goes on and he says, I'm going to tell you how to stand firm, how to not let the war get you. And he details, you got to be strong in your righteousness you got to know the truth. You know the word of God. Have a shield of faith. But this is the point I want to key in on. The last weapon that he tells us is none other than, here we go, verse 18, chapter 6, pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert. 
Be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. Praying in the Spirit is one, if not the most powerful weapon to do battle in the spiritual realm. I, for one, I'm not taking on any unseen forces myself. That's foolish. Praying in the Spirit at all times for all believers in all places, I think Paul's trying to tell us something there. And often when we're in the battle, it magnifies our weakness. You know, we do. We feel like, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to pray. I don't know what to say. You know, just this week, our church family, you know, we suffered a great loss. Um, our staff member, uh, Laura Bice, succumbed after a six-year battle with cancer, and she died, and she left two young adult children, Leah and Ethan. And tragically, even 10 years earlier, her husband, Don, died of a heart attack unexpectedly. So now there's two orphans, right? Laura was only 53. You know, we're a praying church. We believe in healing. We, you know, we believe God answers prayer. And a lot of prayers were offered. But I'm telling you, you know, when you lose a member like that, it's confusing. We, 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 we don't understand you know, there's so much mystery in the universe, which, I mean, I like to read a good mystery. I don't like to live in one, all right? But that's where we need the Holy Spirit, where we need praying in the Spirit to help us, because we don't know how to pray. I mean, we're tempted to be angry with God, you know, or we're, we're tempted to grow numb or cynical. That's where we need praying in the Spirit. I need a Holy Spirit advocate intercessor and comforter, for sure, all of the above, to plead for us. Maybe you're in a life situation right now where you're very aware of the war going on, okay? Whether it's in your body, maybe your family, your work, definitely in the culture. We're all in that, for sure, okay? We need an intercessor. Now, I have prayed in the Spirit on many occasions over and over again. And it's not just for wartime, okay? As we're going to learn today, there are times of great joy where we don't even know how to pray and to praise and to thank God just this week. I was warring in the spirit with <laughs> uh, the gift of tongues as my daughter-in-law was in labor, a very tough labor, uh, ready to give birth to our 19th grandchild. And it, it went on and on, and there were some obstacles. So I don't know how to pray, right? I, I'm not there. I don't know the situation. The Holy Spirit knows. I can pray with complete confidence that it is in harmony with God's will, that he's working, there's moving, whatever's happening. Boom, Remy June is born. And now I'm not warring in the Spirit. I'm praising in the Spirit, right? Now, now that language is one of joy and delight and thankfulness. So it's not all heavy duty, but it's for when I don't know how to pray. And it's an amazing gift, a valuable gift, a gift that's available for all of us. And we can choose it. We can choose to receive it. I think some of you have that gift and you've just kind of laid it aside. <laughs> well, pull out that old meat slicer. Let's just see how valuable it is, okay? <laughs> Oh, I just pray that you catch a fresh vision of how valuable this gift really is. Okay, so it's controversial. Okay, number two, I mean, pretty much 
Oh, the Bible's controversial, so that's nothing new. Okay, what does Scripture say? And I want to emphasize three things, and I'm going to spend most of the time on the first one, but um, I will uh, address all of them. What does Scripture say? One, this is an amazing, powerful gift in times of weakness when we don't know how to pray. Number two, and this is interesting, praying in the Spirit is going to empower us to deal with all the adversarial relationships that we're in on earth now. And how many of you know we're in a lot of adversarial relationships? Okay, so the Holy Spirit's going to instruct us there. And then lastly, this is my favorite actually, the Holy Spirit, as he prays through us with that gift of tongues, brings a fresh intimacy with Jesus. Okay, so all three of those, and I'm going to start out with the what does the scripture actually say in regards to when we don't know how to pray. So this is taken from Romans 8. I love Romans 8. It's a glorious picture. Uh, this is life in the Spirit. You want to know how to walk in the Spirit, live in the Spirit, pray in the Spirit? <laughs> Read Romans 8. <laughs> and always invite the Holy Spirit, because it can be kind of a tough chapter to understand. We don't have time to do all that. But in the middle, Paul starts saying, wow, we just have this glorious inheritance. We're sons and daughters of the living God. But hey, meanwhile, we're joining in his sufferings because we're in a war. All creation is groaning. They can't wait for this thing to be over and for Jesus to truly rule as king. He said, but you know, we're groaning. Creation is groaning. And this is then when I want to pick up with his explanation and his solution of praying in the spirit. Okay, Romans 8, 26 says this. The Holy Spirit takes hold of us in our human frailty to empower us in our weakness. For example, the times we don't even know how to pray or know the best things to ask for, but the Holy Spirit rises up within us to super intercede on our behalf pleading to God with emotional sighs, too deep for words. God, the searcher of the heart, knows fully our longings. Yet he also understands the desires of the Spirit because the Holy Spirit passionately pleads before God for us, his holy ones, in perfect harmony with God's plan and our destiny. Wow. That's the Passion Translation there, and I love it. Why? Because they take that Greek word for intercession, and he translates it, he, Holy Spirit super intercedes for you. <laughs> That's actually what that word means. It's like more than just simple intercession. It's super intercession. I like to think of it as prayer on steroids, okay? I think that's good. That's what the Holy Spirit's doing, because guess what? We're weak right? We, we don't know how to pray, but the Holy Spirit takes hold of us. In uh, the 1 Corinthians 14 text, Paul mentions, again, in regards to speaking in tongues, he said, a person who speaks in tongues is strengthened personally. Like, you literally can feel the strength of, of the Lord fill your physical body. Then he goes on, and he says, praying with emotional sighs or sounds so deep that they don't even resemble words. Well, that can be a little confusing. Well, thanks to someone much smarter than I, Gordon Fee, a well-known Pentecostal scholar who has you know, done all the study and written all the books, he says, 
Actually, the connotation here, the text of the Greek here is praying in tongues. Now, those are words, but at times they might not sound like words, and it might sound more like a groan, depending, again, on the intensity of the situation. As you join with the Holy Spirit, as he's praying through you, as he's passionately pleading on our behalf. Now, is that mysterious? Absolutely, it's mysterious. I'm glad Paul also explains in 1 Corinthians 14 too. For one who speaks in a tongue speaks not to men, but to God. For no one understands him, but he utters mysteries in the spirit. There we are again, that mystery that I can just be convinced God knows my longings, God knows my desires, God knows my fears, and the Holy Spirit pleads for me as I pray in the spirit. Now, I do want you to know, many times, and I've used this gift over and over, because you can use it when you're driving, when you're in the shower, when you're in bed, when you're on your knees, when you're on the bleachers at a football game. You know, you can use it wherever you are, okay? Depending on the situation. But so often, like, I want to tell God how I want the prayer answered, okay? Uh, could we win the football game? You know, could we? <laughs> no. So, obviously, that didn't get answered a lot. But, no, this is, this is the deal. Over and over and over again, I can say confidently, now that I'm older and I've you know, engaged in this gift for many years, what God decided was the best answer is the best. I didn't necessarily think so at the time, okay? I, let, let me go and explain even more fully. So, Romans 6 Romans 8, 26 and 27, that's the verse I just read, verses I read to you. The Holy Spirit's pleading. He's crying out on our behalf. Okay, he, he's for God's, you know, to work in us. Okay. One year, uh, in particular, like pretty much everybody in our family was going off the rails, and I didn't really know how to pray. But I knew I had this gift of praying in tongues. So I said, God, I'm setting aside 10 minutes every day just to be more intentional, and also to be listening. That's, a, that's an important part, because he might want to tell you something, okay? And I'm just going to pray every day, you know, for every child, for every grandchild, for, for every situation. And I kind of pretty much have in mind how I want each of those prayers answered. However, I will pray in the Spirit. One year later, as I went back to my journal and looked, and I realized, well, most of it didn't turn out the way I wanted, but in reality, it was all good. And then the Holy Spirit said, well, why are you surprised? Why don't you read Romans 8, 28? The verse that follows praying in the Spirit, where he says, we know God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. So, yes, Lord, thank you. You see... I often do like to just stop and listen because Paul tells us, if I pray in tongues, my spirit is praying. I don't understand what I'm saying. Well, what will I do? Well, I'll pray in the spirit and then I'll pray in words I understand. So it's a duel. I go back and forth. I'm listening for what he says. And sometimes I get it right. A lot of times I get it wrong. Okay. So that's what the scripture says. Secondly, though, praying in the Spirit is really important in the turbulent times in which we live 
and in the way we're relating to those around us. Okay, let me explain this. This is from Jude. Jude is an apostle. He wrote the book right before uh, the book of Revelation. And he said, in the last days, okay, we're in the last days. You know that. Since the day of Pentecost, we're in the last days. He said, in the last days, there's going to be people, they were once believers. They once embraced the faith. Now, they're cynical. They're angry. They mock you. You know, they push our buttons. Come on, you all know. If you've lived the last three years and you're ever on Facebook or social media, you know this is true. And what? Well, we want to respond. You know, we want to defend the faith. We want, we, I mean, I do, okay? I want to do some things that aren't necessarily all that nice. Well, Jude actually has a solution. You know, I have people in my life who've walked away from the faith. I have people in this church who walked away from the faith. I mean, there's people, we all know people. This is what Jude says. But you, dear friends, carefully build yourselves up in this most holy faith by praying in the Holy Spirit, staying right at the center of God's love, keeping your arms open and outstretched, ready for the mercy of our master, Jesus Christ, this is unending life, the real life. Okay, why, why am I praying? Just for my benefit, that I get filled with the love of God, that I get a fresh vision of the mercy? Yes, because he goes on, right? Next verse, go easy on those who hesitate in the faith. Go after those who take the wrong way. Be tender with sinners not soft on sin. The sin itself stinks to high heaven. This is powerful. We want to have a heart filled with the love of God, the true love of God. I'm not talking about, well, whatever. No, the love of God and the mercy of God that can embrace people with truth and love. We're not going soft on sin, but we're manifesting the mercy of God, the love of God. You want that ability? Pray in the Spirit. Spend time praying in the Spirit. Let the Holy Spirit work a revelation of God's love and his mercy into our lives. Okay, then lastly, praying in the Spirit increases our intimacy with Jesus. I mean, let's just be honest. We can't see Jesus. We rarely can feel him. Like, how? How do we grow in being intimate with him? You know, and just feeling his presence and knowing him better and loving him more deeply. I love what the Apostle Paul says, Rome, uh, 1 Corinthians 14. I'm grateful to God for the gift of praying in tongues that he gives us for praising him, which leads to wonderful intimacies we enjoy with him. I enter into this as much or more than any of you. You just want a fresh dose of intimacy with Jesus, fresh revelation of him in your life, set aside time to pray in the spirit. You know, this isn't a battle per se, you know, you're not warring or, it's just, Lord, I'm just gonna praise you in the spirit. I'm just gonna pray and I'm gonna just have my heart full of thankfulness. The spirit is actually unleashing this around the world in the most unexpected people and places. So. I heard a podcast this week. Many of you may know the author, Max Lucado. Now, Max Lucado, he's 67 now, but he has written like 
tons of books, they're bestsellers. And he said, oh, I write books for people who don't read books, which means he writes like really easy to understand or beautifully illustrated, but it's to get people, you know, in touch with uh, the word of God. But Max Lucado is a, um, he, he is a teaching pastor at a church in Texas, and it would not be what you would call a charismatic church or a church that exercises the gifts of the Holy Spirit. But this is what I love. At his age, and this happened three years ago, he realized he didn't have all that the scripture promised. And he said, I began to do what the Apostle Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians 14. He said, I just began to earnestly desire spiritual gifts. I mean, I pray the Holy Spirit deposits earnest desire in every one of our hearts. We earnestly desire. He said, I began, I prayed that. He said, I prayed it for several weeks, which really isn't that long. And he said, and suddenly one morning while I'm praying, out of my mouth came a heavenly language. Like, now, I'm sure he was shocked. I'm sure most of the people that read his books or in his church are shocked. <laughs> but what I love is the hunger, the humility, the willingness to say, okay, God, you know what? I want it all. And you know, if it means, and he didn't say this, like looking foolish or not understanding, he earnestly desired spiritual gifts. I thought that was a beautiful, beautiful story. You know, how can you receive that? Like, well, it's just as simple to do what Max Lucado did, eagerly desire the spiritual gifts. And you know what God loves? He loves for us to ask. Now, I know people say, oh, if God wants me to have that, he'll give it. Hmm? Maybe. He did it to me, but maybe. <laughs> but he delights when you say, Father, I believe you're a good, good father. I believe you get good, good gifts to your children. And I just ask for it. He's so eager to give it. And it's just as simple as, Father, I want this gift of praying in the Spirit. I want this gift of praying in tongues. I eagerly desire it. And it's as simple as opening your mouth and just letting the Holy Spirit fill you and speak out in a language you don't know. Don't speak your native language. Just begin to speak. And a lot of times it can sound like mm, just a sound or two or even like a baby. <laughs> well, that's how language develops. As you engage in it and you begin to pray and trust the Holy Spirit to develop, it's all, it's all by faith. You receive it by faith. You speak by faith, okay? And it ends up being a tremendous blessing, not just to you, but to those you love, to those that you are praying for, that you are interceding for. Today, we'll have an opportunity. It is a private prayer language, so we want to respect people, but we'll give it, you an opportunity to come forward and, and have someone lay hands on you if you say, I just need another burst of faith, you know, added to my, my own, Okay? I don't want anybody to leave today without receiving this gift. But it is a gift. You can say yes or no. You can receive it and not use it. My prayer is you would join with the Holy Spirit to advocate, to intercede, that all that the Father has, all the good, can be worked into your life and the lives of those that you love. Father, thank you for this gift. Thank you that you are freely giving it. 
thank you that you can answer people's questions. You can move the obstacles in their hearts today to say yes to praying in the Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen.